Hey guys, welcome to the very first podcast of Screw the Stigma. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm so excited to finally start this podcast. It's been in, well, it's been literally one of my uh, to-do lists, or if you say, forever. But I've been procrastinating like crazy and I'm so happy that I've started it. Little bit introduction about myself so you know who you're listening to. My name is Afra. I'm 23 years old. I'm Indian and I, but I didn't grow up there. I spent... I spent most of my life in the Middle East and I've migrated to a lot of different countries, which I'm quite grateful for, even though it is quite annoying. Uh, it, it made me understand different cultures and people better, so that's pretty awesome. The reason why I started this podcast is mainly because I am very passionate about human rights and uh, fighting for things in the society that needs attention which is not which is not really covered by the media but it does need dire attention the point of this whole podcast which uh the reason why i started this podcast is mainly because i realized that there are a lot of people in the society and in the world in general that tend to follow things just because the majority of the people are following it which is comforting in a way because when you follow the herd you won't be questioned about things because you are following majority of the people are doing so you're seen as quote-unquote normal which is not true because even though that people know that something is wrong they tend to keep quiet which is the main problem when you know there's a problem and you aren't doing anything about it you're contributing to the problem so even though it is comforting to stay with the herd of people because you won't be questioned, you stop questioning things. Yes, being in the spotlight, when you go against the majority, you're going to face a lot of criticism and you're going to be, you're be, you're going to be getting a lot of hatred. But at the same time, it is a good thing because you are using your voice for something that actually matters. And I, I believe that, which is why I'm using my voice, to bring awareness to things that the media is just too sensitive to cover. Even things like we go through in daily lives and daily struggles like mental health, racism and sexism and even money management and how school didn't really teach us much. And for the people who are getting out of school and have no idea what to do, and it is a confusing time because even I've been through that too. So to talk about all of those things, and I want this platform to be something that could help people out who are going through things that I went through as well as difficult things that are going on in the world to bring more attention to that as well. So if you're interested in that, you should definitely tune into my podcast every week. Today's podcast in specific is going to be about my life a little bit so you guys have an idea but not just about my life but more on all the struggles that I faced being a woman and growing up in an Indian household along with growing up in a Middle Eastern country which is trust me the two things that equals disaster because my parents were very traditional I love them so much but they were the most traditional and cultural people which means me being a woman means equal to uh, no social life mainly just because it's believed in the Indian culture that if you go out and be social and you're a woman that is the worst thing that you can do which is complete bullshit and it boils my blood till this very day that people believe that because guys are allowed to just do whatever they want and they're not questioned twice about it because boys will be boys and that really makes me mad 
obviously that's not all I'm gonna talk about in all my podcasts uh, for all the guys listening out there don't be scared I'm not gonna be uh, coming out to attack you it's just something that I wanted to talk about because I know that I'm not the only person who faced this and felt very oppressed that I couldn't do or live out my life the way I wanted to just because I was a woman and I want to help out those people who are going through those things. So I've also invited my friend uh, to this podcast. Her name is Ivory. We've been friends for since I was like a little kid. So she knows me quite well. Even though we're not from the same cultures, we face the same issues. Which is why I want her to have an input in this topic as well. And uh, if you're interested in that, keep listening. And I'm going to cut to that now. I'm so happy to have uh, Ivory on the very first podcast. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming and actually for pushing me to start this because knowing me, I'll probably procrastinate till the world ends. So <laughs> I know, right? But it's, it's an honor and I'm really glad you're starting this. I hope it goes well. Well, basically, I've known her since we were like 12 or 10. <laughs> and uh, she's definitely seen me through my ugly face so I'm very happy that she stuck around (laughs) (laughs) likewise sister (laughs) (laughs) so we grew up together in the Middle East and it was it was fun was it I guess so it's 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 an interesting experience it's it's like home you know yeah I mean we we both had uh quite strict parents and growing up in a country that is quite uh, religious was definitely like I mean it did close us off us off a lot right yeah it was quite conservative yeah people around us are also like very close-minded as well to a certain extent I mean I think when we grew up people started like using the internet and growing up a little bit but then before that we were even our mentality was quite focused on what the whole like you know the culture around us and what our parents mm-hmm. really taught us right even your parents didn't even let you go out for one oh yes we came from a culture that it was important for us to stay home and especially as a woman um we it's more shameful if a woman's always out especially in these public places that um women don't usually go to like um malls malls were like a new concept for my for my culture and my family. So they found it, for some reason, they found it quite shameful for a woman to walk in the malls. And I was prohibited to go out with my friends to, uh, you know, just to watch a movie, just to maybe browse window shopping, you know? Uh, So I never got those experiences, except until really late when I almost turned 18. Yeah, dude, I never, okay, my parents were super strict as well. Like, my mom, she wouldn't, like, let me go out, and I have to, like, plan a whole presentation to even, like, leave the house. Oh, definitely, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that is for sure. But I never understood why your mom was so uh, protective of you going to a mall, even though she was okay with you going to people's houses, even though that was not even, like, it's like a thing, right? If you had fun this weekend, you can't go out the next. It's like an unwritten rule. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, they found it, like, if you, uh, just to a- address your point about why I can't go to malls later, but first of all, they found it um, quite odd. No, no, they found it quite um, 
maybe rude or I don't know, like disrespectful. I don't know what it is, but it's basically wrong that for us, especially as women, to go out that frequently. I always assumed it's because my, my parents or the person who's dropping me did not want to be inconvenienced because usually with my mom. Um, but I think later on, it's just that maybe it's not, it, maybe it was the mindset that a woman, young woman like me should not go out, especially I was that young, like, you know, early teens, you know, t- uh, till I turned 18. So, um, and also about the mall after I, I, I would always ask my parents for the reason why they wouldn't let me. And they kind of just would just cut me off and tell me not to question it and just and start using that authoritative, authoritative tone that, oh, I'm your parent, you should listen to me. So I didn't want to challenge them about it. But when I was about to turn 18, uh, I was still struggling with that. And I was like, I'm 18, I should be able to go out. So for once in my life, I tried to challenge them about that. It was my mom. And my mom, uh, she's, um, she's a wonderful woman, and but she's also quite strict. But however, she also can bend to someone's will a bit more easier. Like she's easier to convince, basically. So after challenging her a lot, uh, about it and I was trying to use con- um, convincing arguments like oh uh, it's okay it's it's um, uh, it's com- commonly accepted there's nothing inappropriate we're out in public that's exactly why it should be okay so everyone can see us I won't act inappropriately because I assume maybe that's where she's coming from and then she finally admitted that it's uh, it, it's not of I don't know what's the word. It's not fitting for a woman to be seen in the mall, especially because if they're doing something inappropriate, word will spread because it was a small like, world where we came from. But to be fair, what the most inappropriate thing that you can do in a mall, you know? Like, okay, even if you have like a boyfriend, a secret boyfriend or anything, right? The most you would probably do is like what, hold hands or something? And even... I then, think they were thinking around that. Obviously, because I... Um, the way we were raised, they were not expecting something worse, like, I don't know, public displays of affection. I mean, in their eyes, I mean, that's well, worse. like, we can anyway. It's like, it's banned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So th- I don't think they're expecting that degree. But for some reason, uh, they had the mindset that um, women who go to malls, they are, I don't know if it's okay to use the word, but it's, uh, they're like slutty, you know, like, they, d- they dress slutty, they're like whores or something like that. I don't know why she described it in that. She didn't use that word, but she described it like that. It's just funny because like the where, where we grow up, it's like very, it's, it's not a big town or anything. It's quite small. It had like only like what, four malls and everybody went to these four malls and like people dressed very modestly in like abayas and everybody was quite covered up. You know, you can, like people don't even wear shorts or anything. And like now seeing that it's more common is different. But back then it was much more different, right? Everybody was a lot covered mm-hmm, yeah. up. And it's it's mostly like the Arabs and they are, I mean, the girls are quite flashy. Yeah. I mean, they wear clothes, but uh, they, they wear like, what's it called? Covered clothes, but then they're also like, you know, showing their style or whatever, you know? And those people are, you know, they are, even though they're not, they're not, but then people tend to look at them as like, you know, those flashy girls or, you know, they're like... Yeah, inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Even though they're they're okay, they're covered up and they just like, they probably have like colored hair and they're showing it out or, you know, they have uh, like a more face full of makeup and things like that. Mm, yeah. But I, I think it's that exactly. I'm um, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, what do you say? 
I think that's exactly it because for us, like people who have more, I don't know, like leftist views, uh, we feel like it's okay. It's it's just hair. It's just you know a bit of like skin. But because the the, the conservative culture was that every woman should be covered from the head to the toe and showing only their hands and their face, so those those local women who were uh, more confident and they were like you know they would pull back their scarves so they show their hair and uh, they would open their abaya, which is that black gown that women wear. It's very common in the Middle East. So they would open that and they would show what they're wearing inside. And usually it's a bit tight for, because the culture is so conservative, even seeing that much is scandalous, you know? So I think my parents were worried that I am very easily influ uh, influenceable. Like I, I'm easy to influence so that I might be wearing like that secretly or something, you know? I mean, yeah, it makes sense as to why like they would think that because, you know, like, teenagers are stupid and then they will do anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, like, even, like, our friends, like, the more, like, uh, what's it called, more rebellious friends oh, who would, like, probably go out and, like, not drink exactly, but, like, you know, have uh, boyfriends and stuff. And back so then, it probably, was, you know. yeah, it's just seen as such a horrible, like, obviously, now we're, like, older, 23, and then it, now when you look at it, and all of those details, like, small details seem so stupid that they made it out to oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Even we like, were so judgmental for someone who didn't like the rules like it, because we were still like growing especially when we were in our preteens I noticed that we were like um we, we would hate those rules like oh why can't I go out why it's not fair as a woman I can't do this 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 it's not fair but at the same time we would judge others for being more rebellious like you said and the rebellious is so mild compared to like the rest of the world it's just <laughs> having a boyfriend going out late going out too many times you know we were judgmental of that like imagine yeah dude i i used to think that you know even the smallest thing like oh my gosh she can uh, go to the mall and hang out with her friends all day oh my gosh she's such a whore like what the, what the same it's <laughs> so mind-blowing like especially now like if my if my younger self saw what views i have right now she would lose her mind you know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's the thing like i i still remember like you know when you when you first came here you would be like no i won't do this i won't do that because you know you make it they make it seem like doing those smallest things would be like the end of the world and you oh, yeah. have that mindset as well because obviously when you grow up with people constantly telling you hey this is it this is this is how things should be you end up believing as well until you go outside and meet different people with like from like the different cultures and they think that's a bad thing because you know you're getting influenced by people who yeah. are wrong which is not really the case you're opening your mind up to things that you know what could be it yeah people do get influenced into like bad things like drugs and stuff that's a different thing but like i'm talking more like you know opening yourself up to think differently even like yeah. even though i was so-called you know like my my version of a feminist when i was young i still <laughs> I would judge people like crazy like even our friends I used to judge them for doing basic shit like even talking to guys which is not even a bad thing like what do you expect a teenager to do when like exactly. they're, they're fucking hormonal and they have no social interaction 
And we went to a freaking all-girls school for like, I don't know, five oh, yeah. years, which was fucking miserable. It's not even the fact that it's we need the interaction of guys so badly, but it's the fact that it closed us off so much, right? Oh, yeah. It's like our own little world of just girls. And you spend like most of your day there, you know? Yeah, like, and when yeah most and also we spent like our prime years in that offering garbage school i mean the school was great but the environment was trash like if you yeah. if you put yourself like if you close it's like what what are they what are they expecting like you can just close yourself off and put yourself into this bubble and nothing wrong is gonna happen I mean, that's the idea of most boarding schools, right? Because then they can teach you the manners they think is appropriate. And obviously, they don't want, um, you know, uh, the whole purpose of separating girls from boys is you don't want inappropriate interaction. But then that breeds like a whole different interaction. And it encourages a lot of women to experiment with, you know, other girls, which was a big uh, thing and big deal, of course, in our school. Like people, girls would get expelled, you know. Uh, Did they get expelled? Like suspended, most of the time it's like a really long suspension. I think it was like a week, but I, I think, but they definitely get like suspended and stuff just for, you know, touching and, you know, being a bit too cuddly. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, thinking about to the extent that they went to, like, I don't understand what they, like, I mean, I guess it's normal because, you know, when you grow up being so conservative, that's the rule that's being enforced on you. But it doesn't make sense because, like, all the girls, all the girls that I knew, like, who weren't really our friends, but, like, you know, people in our class, they found other ways to interact with guys and they were more unsafe. Oh, yeah, and, like, talking to guys online. And I, I, it's not like I'm saying everyone online is, like, a predator, but usually it's, yeah. like, the sketchy guys because you're so desperate for any attention. You don't have that rationalizing in your, rationalization to think, oh, maybe this guy is, like, sketchy. I should keep away, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can say the same for myself. I was exposed to a lot of things like that. Because you become so, like, uh, it's not like a need, but it's more like an interesting thing because you're being so closed off to it. You want to find Oh, it yeah. And because, like, it's something new. You want to explore it. And it, because it's forbidden, it feels like it's, ooh, it's enticing, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's how, like, I felt to, like, I mean, it's not like I needed someone or something, but in that age, you feel like when you are sheltered off from something, even things like, for example, like drinking, right? If you're told your entire life, oh, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't drink, you will automatically wonder, like, oh, what's so amazing about this thing that they are telling me not to do it? It's the same mm-hmm. thing, yeah. you know? And they made it so, like, in the sense, like, our school was freaking crazy you know like they they made they went all the way you know to separate the buildings not even like oh let's separate these areas or anything no let's separate the building like they had different buildings from guys and girls and it's not like you can just go walk over or something and you know because other they had other schools where you can just like just walk over like a bridge or something and you'll be oh really yeah like Uh, I think which which one was it? I don't remember which schools, but usually when they say uh, mixed schools, it's like you know your classes are separate, but then you can still see each other, you know. But this oh. they, our school went to a whole different extent. They decided to separate oh, yeah. buildings <laughs> to the point and 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 the guys' school was okay. The yeah. the guys of school were separated by the elementary school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was like yeah, two streets yeah. away. 
Because they, they are doing everything they can to separate us in a far, far away, like as if they're the most bad thing in the world, you know, and if they put their uh, eyesight on us, then we're gone for something. I swear. <laughs> Remember the time when we went on this trip and the guys were so desperate they decided to throw like paper, paper out oh, yeah. school with like the numbers on it? Oh yeah, it was like we were on a, it was like one of the rarest times where we, the both uh, the guys and the girls from the same grade went to a, a what is it, like a trip to the beach to clean up the beach uh, and uh, on the way back the guy's bus was uh, placed in front of us uh, and the, we were just driving and um, so the guys noticed and they would turn around and they were like trying to communicate with their hands and stuff and eventually when when they when they passed our school building they threw their phone numbers outside the window and that's how desperate they were you know I mean it's not like a bad thing but it's just to show the extent that we don't get any interaction you know and I mean, the guys were stupid too. It's not like we can go outside and pick up those papers anyway. It's not like we want yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> We'd probably carry it away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just sad to see that they they went to that extent of like, you know, just covering up as much as you can. Like, I feel like that too. Like, yeah, I get what they mean by like, oh, if you put like two hormonal teenagers together, shit will happen. But at the same time, if you cover them off so much, I feel like worse shit is going to happen. And that's what they oh, yeah. Like now we're so socially awkward with guys. I mean, now we've gotten a lot better. But then oh, when yeah. we first came out of that place, we were so socially awkward that we, it makes you think that every guy that you talk to, that they like you or something. Yes, I, I sometimes I still struggle to that struggle uh, about that, uh, but it's much better now. But yeah, definitely, I, I felt like it sounds so selfish in you uh, to maybe a more regular person, and they would be like, "How can you think that?" But it really feels because they you're always given the message that any guy who looks at you is probably having those lustful thoughts. They're probably thinking about how to undress you or something. You know, like basically like all guys are predators and you, and it's your role to protect yourself, not they learn something, you know? So you learn that you should always be protecting yourself and you should always be like, you know, more alert when you're passing a guy. So when I first got out of graduated high school and then I, I moved abroad to study, uh, it was the first experience of just, just seeing that guys don't want to actually eat you up and like, go after you as soon as they see you it's just that they just want to treat you like normal and my classmates they treated me so normally but I was always hyper alert the first few weeks it's not like I was scared but it's just that I'm extra aware you know I'm observing yeah. their actions I'm like oh do they like me just because they smiled at me you know like it's so desperate to think like that but it's what you're trained to do you know like every basic human interaction, you might think that, oh my God, they, they probably like me. That's why they, like, they shook my head or they tapped me on the shoulder. Like, and you start like thinking of this whole imaginary thing. <laughs> like like a middle like, school girl. <laughs> yeah, like you want to chill, bro. Not everybody likes you. You ain't that special. Like, it's just... <laughs> Definitely. Like, it's just to that extent, like, when I first went to Singapore, like, I was so, like, I was blown away by the thought of, like, people, you know, just, like, normally interacting with me. And I was just, like, because this was, like, fresh out of when I just came out of high school. And I thought that, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you know, like, uh, uh, this guy was looking at me for 2.5 seconds. Does that mean... Like, <laughs> 2.5? <laughs> 
Dude, I swear to God, I was making up scenarios in my head that doesn't even like, not even like they make up in the movies, you know, not like, you know, those very cringy ass romantic movies where the guy looks at you and then you look away and then it's like, you know, love connection. The worst <laughs> than that. Yeah, <laughs> I swear, really. It's so absurd, you know? I mean, I don't know how it would sound to everyone else who haven't experienced something like this. Maybe you think we're being a bit extreme, but this is really like our first account uh, experience of this, you know? Yeah, but when when you are sheltered off from like a whole other species for like five years, you tend to become like a social awkward being and it's not even like normal of like how it is and you tend to close yourself off and become more reserved in general, which kind of sucks because you don't really get to show your, you know, personality more openly because you don't mm. trust people easily, which I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure you suffered with it as well because it's hard making friends when you when you try to hold yourself off, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had so many, like, okay, now most of my friends are guys, which is nice because, like, it's easier. Like, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> I'm not, like, a girly girl because I'm too good to make girlfriends. And I can <laughs> like that. <laughs> for, for some reason, you know, it's just I'm mostly friends with guys. And to, like, even for that, probably telling my parents, like, when I tell my parents, I have to turn them all into, like, girl names because they think that every guy wants to be like you know be with me or something which is far the yeah it's like they want to bed you as soon as they see you or something i'm not like i'm i'm like flattered but no <laughs> no thank you <laughs> I mean, to be fair most of my friends they act like five-year-olds okay so <laughs> that is really not the case like okay maybe if you have like six friends okay maybe like the chances of like maybe one liking you sure fine but you, like you should stop like they make they make it seem like everybody's out to get you you know and like you are so naive like you know you you will fall for the first one that comes by and that's not the case like no people way. don't know if personality really does matter and like it can turn you on and off like super quickly <laughs> yeah i mean that's partially why arranged marriage is kind of work because they train you not train you but like they condition you that to think that guys um i don't know the, the first person you meet you're going to fall bam and it's going to work out or something so they believe that so they hope that arranged marriages work you know because you know they have control over it they have control over who they pick for you and you don't have to meet a guy out in the wild you know it's like ooh, inappropriate you know so they you, have, you meet them through your family yeah, but, like, I just imagine how awkward it will be. Like, when you first meet this random-ass dude, okay? Like, my sister did the same shit, and I don't know how the fuck she did it. I don't know. Dude, I can't. Like, if you just... Okay, so they meet... They bring up this random dude, okay? Even if he is a good person and, like personality wise you guys get along right just imagine how fucking awkward will it be this random dude just comes to your house and they look at you and that's it you know they just decide basically <laughs> which is so fucking like literally it's the most superstitious thing um superficial thing <laughs> english mm-hmm. but yeah it's the most superficial thing but they think that's okay but then you getting to know someone and actually liking them for the person they are is bad thing God forbid. <laughs> oh my god. You what you fell in love with this personality? Oh my god, you're so shameful. You <laughs> look at his picture. He has a look, very nice boy, very white skin, beautiful hair. That's what? <laughs> that, 
that that is like the um, what's it called standards of being uh, uh, Indian. You know, they look at your skin. God forbid you're Fair, like, yeah. like, you know, three shades of the sun. Then oh my God, you're too dark. <laughs> oh my God, then the guy won't like me. I'm so dark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, watching watching all those yeah, Indian movies made me realize how how they're so fixed on this beautiful white color. You know, like you have to be white as milk, or you know, you're not that good. They even make they even make uh, what's it called songs and everything about oh, her white skin makes my heart glow. You know, right? And all those products. Like I realized how screwed up it is to be so fixation, fixated on fair skin. I don't know, I, I never really thought about it until I came to, I moved to where I am right now, uh, which is um, in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized like, oh, people are really fixated on, on fair skin. And then I think, I think about back to my childhood and I realized like, oh my, even back in the Middle East, people are so fixated. And it's not the locals, uh, it's not the Arabs, it's the Indians, the, the expatriates who lived there. They would always have those commercials about fair and lovely and all those fair whitening creams. And then I realized my mom was also fixated on that because she had a lot of those creams. And I know they were trendy, but damn my mom's already white like how much whiter do you want to be no you have to you have to blend it to the wall that's the goal <laughs> so it's so screwed up if you think about it because it's so normalized and people use it religiously not just like oh it has whitening okay cool 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 you know yeah it's it's like they first of all that product is disgusting for the people who use it like it, right. it's basically like paint you know it's like you're slapping yourself on with paint even though oh, it's really? people, yeah, it's, it's it's gross. Like I've, I think I've seen it or I've tried it on. Like I haven't physically tried it on my face, but I've seen. Like I tried it on my hand, and it's so. First of all, the consistency is like flour. Okay, it's disgusting. <laughs> if you mix flour and water together, that's the consistency. And this shitty ass product is so popular, which I don't even know why, because they make it seem like you know you try it on once and you're going to be this shade of the wall, and that is pretty. No, like if you're dark skinned like if you're like genuinely dark skinned and you decide to stuff this paint on yourself it doesn't make you look pretty yeah it, it's like some gray shade in between right yeah like it's it's it basically is like um it's like you're slapping on white paint onto your face it's it it doesn't make it's not like a gradual you know like oh you know it will make you one shade lighter or anything it will make you like the sun and it's that's not pretty because you are you have features and you know we all made differently so we all have features based on you know what suits us the best so if you're dark skinned it's because you know your hair and everything goes with it obviously a dark skinned person doesn't naturally have blonde hair because it's mm-hmm. black will bring out the darker skin better so it's just things like that yeah. we're all made like specifically based on our ethnicity and everything right so you can't force a color and just slap it on and be like oh yeah you're gonna be pretty like this no you look like the sun mm. and you look disgusting <laughs> but i thought these uh, these products were mostly like face washes or moisturizers is it like like a foundation it sounds like they, that oh they have they their line is beautiful you know they diversify because why not they have bb mm-hmm. cream okay which is the mm-hmm. most disgusting grossest thing ever it smells like shit and then they have, 
<laughs> they have creams and so the cream is like the most popular one like you use it for two weeks or something and then you become the one naturally <laughs> Dude, like seriously like people use it religiously you know thinking that they're going to become whiter like that's their goal in life and no and they you know obviously you know like i'm pretty sure you've heard of it it has so many like you know toxins and everything that, oh yeah like cancer inducing kind of uh, and they're still selling it i think they might just like rebrand themselves but they still sell that same shit even though people are like no. becoming like more aware of like you know oh you know you should love the way yourself in that the self that you are and everything but still they're still selling it they're still making a lot of money at the end yeah. of the day and it's yeah, I don't know like did did you feel like you have to be wider than you are I did not now but I I kind of grew to love my skin so because I'm like a olivey tan shade I don't know what shade I am I'm basically brown okay so <laughs> um growing up because my mom for sorry my mom is um Yemeni so she's fair and Yemen, Yemenis they have dark skin also but she is one of the, those who are fair so she's quite fair you know um but still she always liked whiter and her whole family like the family she came from who always liked like light skin you know it was very subtle you know very subtle um I, I guess you can say influences that, you know, small things like you tell me, oh, you got darker, please scrub your face. Oh, you should use this cream, it's nice. I mean, appropriate for my age, not like when I'm five or something, you know. But <laughs> well, when I, and, and I, and sometimes she didn't even have to say it because I, you know, you look up to your mom, you look up to your woman figures in your life, right? So my sister was not there for most of my, like, uh, preteen years so um, I looked up to my mom and I would always explore her makeup and her cosmetic products and it was very fun just look to, look at the bottles see what they do try them on secretly you know like I'm sure every girl does that so um, I, I I noticed that a lot of her products were whitening so you naturally just learn like oh maybe it's the prettier you know and obviously the media doesn't help Back then, uh, I think even Western media was like that, that they would promote being fair, you know, especially like for, you know, those black Amer uh, African-American people. They would promote like, oh, people who are fair, they're prettier, they're higher chance to succeed, you know. So those subtle um, messages, you know, so those subtle messages, they get to you, you know. So I, I felt... Uh, very ashamed of my color I always felt like I want to be lighter I, if only I had blonde, especially back then when uh, blonde hair blue eyes were super popular like Paris Hilton and all that I really wanted to get like blonde hair blue eyes not get I wish I was born like that you know it's not like I was hating on myself but I just I just wished I was born like that so yeah. it was definitely a big influence that was like the normalized vision of like you know having like being beautiful optimum beauty you know yeah. For you, it was Paris Hilton. For me, it was Hannah Montana. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> when she threw out, I wanted to get that blonde wig, but I realized my dad was like, oh, you know, there's a reason why Indians are not blonde. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> it is very true, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so, so really funny. I mean, yeah, for, for sure. Like, you know, because it's, it's a lot better now because they're putting more like uh, women of color and like it's still like a lot it doesn't still happen a lot but then at least mm -hmm. it's better than what it was before and like even those disney shows that we used to watch everybody was white 
maybe like mm-hmm. he was one a black kid and even then like he he probably like died in the first 10 seconds of the movie or something like that or he was a comedian or something yeah yeah like they're funny they're not pretty indian movies and stuff like all of the people the guy will look ugly as fuck you know like he's like 50 years old and he, <laughs> he, he literally looks like you know like those like, you know, those proper uncles. But then, like, his, uh, the, the herring that falls in love with him is, like, you know, supermodel. And I'm just, like... I know, right? <laughs> it's like, and they're, like, almost the standard look. It's not like they look the yeah. same, but the standard look, you know? Like, I was... Yeah, it's, like, I was watching, like, songs yesterday. Like, you know, they put songs from, like, famous movies and stuff. And I was watching that. I realized everybody was, like, a shade of white. There was no one that mm-hmm. was actually, like, dark-skinned. And even if they were, they made them into this white color. And I'm just, like, okay. And it just mm-hmm. realized, you know, because when I was, I think... Yeah, when I was a kid, and, like, you know, like I had, like, skin issues and stuff, which made me darker... And I still remember this traumatizing thing where my grand I bought this like white um, pajamas or something and my grandmother was like, oh, you know, she told my mom suddenly, she's like, oh, uh, you shouldn't, because all my cousins were there as well. And then she was like, oh, you shouldn't let her wear that. And then mom was yeah. like, why? And then she was like, oh, you know, because she looks darker in it and, you know, compared to like God. everybody else. Like legit, she actually said that. And, God, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, since this day, I don't wear white or I don't wear lighter shade because of that. Oh. I'm just like, bro, you said it. I have to. Was it like necessary? No. Did people care? Literally, nobody cared. I was too old. Nobody. Yeah, everyone was like a kid. <laughs> Dude. If you are 12, like, no matter what age you are, but, like, especially those ages, you're not going to be pretty no matter what you wear, you know? Those things are very rare. So wearing, like, you know, just because I look darker, just so what, you know? Who cares? Because all my cousins were, like, mostly all my cousins were light-skinned. And I was, I, I, first of all, okay, I had an issue, okay? I had a skin issue, and this bitch went there. Until this day, I wear black. That sucks, dude. I think you'd look bomb in like a white crop top or something. That'll look really cute, you know. Thank you. It'll take me another five. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like it's. I think it's mostly like what we grew up with, right? Like, yeah. Even Mm -hmm. now, did you do you feel like you have to be a certain way to feel or look pretty in general? Um, in terms of looks, I uh, okay. Um, being away from my family. I don't feel so much. Sometimes I feel pressure to look like the locals here. You know, they have a certain makeup style, certain dressing style. Sometimes I feel it, but not that much. But it's more like when I go back home and then I, you know, I go back home with my new wardrobe um, and it's different from what people wear there. Then I feel the need to um, like blend in and I feel like, oh, maybe I am not wearing enough of my traditional clothes, which is okay to feel, but it comes with a sense of shame, you know? Like, I love my traditional clothes, but uh, I, had, I had this really bad relationship with my culture, cultural, you know, things from my culture, like the clothes, the way people are, because, um, because they were imposed on me and some of them didn't help. Like, my culture can be really beautiful. We have nice food, we have nice clothes, we have... Um, a nice rich history but um some aspects are troublesome like we're discussing today so because of that it kind of painted the whole culture as like 
you know, mixed of bad, bad feelings, you know. So uh, I had to unlearn those feelings of shame about my culture and also feeling shame that I'm not like them because there are subtle messages that I get that, oh, you are dressing different from us and they're like having a questioning look or maybe a disapproving look, you know. So for family gatherings, I always try to dress like them and not just because I like it, but also because I feel the pressure. So I still feel influenced by them, you know, and it's something I hope that I can do willingly. Like I want to dress like them because, Oh, it's a family moment, you know? And like, I definitely love the, you know, cause I come from an Arab slash African culture. So we have a fusion of Arabic fashion and African fashion and it's beautiful. And I want to embrace that for you. It's know? very pretty. Yeah. For like, I mean, yeah, it's very pretty. And I get, so like you feel like, is it like mostly like, like negative feelings? So you don't feel like doing it? Uh, nowadays it's a lot better. Uh, especially this past year, I went back for the holiday for my holiday supposedly holiday and then there was a huge lockdown because of coronavirus so i got stuck there for like almost a year half a year maybe Uh, um (laughs) more than half a year so uh i had to i was kind of forced to like deal with these feelings so i feel like it's a lot better it's there is more shame in other aspects than just not just so much culture you know like even though it is just your culture i feel like it's mostly those Asian slash in the Arab cultures that make you feel like if you don't fit into this perfect little bubble that they built for you, then you are a disgrace and you know, you don't, you're not, you're not associated with us. The things oh, like, yeah. I, I definitely mean, feel that. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we definitely had like friends who were more like, who, whose parents were like more open-minded and stuff. And then they were like, our parents were like more strict and you know things you had to fit into this certain thing and you know you it's mostly like it's it's like the right thing to do and I think it would definitely be different if we were guys like they wouldn't oh definitely (laughs) you had brothers right so you definitely saw a difference in how they treated you versus them oh yeah yeah it was mostly okay there there are some differences in various aspects but it was the ones that got to me the most was the freedoms you know we we discussed how we couldn't go out and stuff and if i wanted if i if i if i could go to a place i need to ask like permission with a story background story describe the people i'm going to see describe their i don't know sometimes their families or where they're coming from depending on like (laughs) yeah like basically like a verbal uh, oral presentation you know so um and then uh, maybe I, uh, maybe it is just about me, but I did feel like I had to do that to just to get accepted, you know? So, uh, but then seeing my brothers, and also I had like a curfew, you know? And then, my, but my brothers, they were allowed to go out a bit earlier. Like everything, like let's say I could go out by the age of 12. Um, for them, it's a bit earlier, you know? So, um, and it was more lenient, you know? I remember my brother just strolling. He was like, oh, I'm going to the cinemas. I'll see you in a few hours. He's like, okay, do you need oh, I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm going with his friends from high school. Oh, okay, cool. Have fun. Uh, don't be late, okay? And then he just went out. And I'm just like, how? I need, like, pick up details, drop off details. I'm just like... <laughs> it's not fair and then my oldest brother he he was the kind to be a bit more rebellious so he went out late and stuff like that and there were times he came after 12 and my parents would be a bit upset but it's not like world shaking kind of upset you know 
only later on as like I grew older like uh, I felt like my parents allowed me to stay like a bit late like at, at people's houses not outside you know and my brother my older brothers they were they could take public transport they could go to the mall maybe I actually I don't know if they would share that all the time but what they told me is like they go to the mall they walk on the street freely and for me I had to like Maybe because uh, I, I, I might have been more honest, I don't know, that I had to, I felt the need to explain all the details, you know, I, like I had a guilty conscience if I didn't explain exactly where I'm going. But yeah, basically. I mean, that's I how it is. You, like for explaining because it's not just like you have to do it, you know, because your, your mom didn't let you go out for a lot of things, even like things like. Um, group projects and stuff like if it is yeah. a house she wasn't familiar with or it's like a new person or somewhere a bit far away then she wouldn't let you go even though it was like an assignment that we had to do actually a thing is that sometimes she would let me go but because uh because asking them to take me out was such a chore and not just a chore like oh dude it's so much work no it's more like on my on my conscious it was such a it's such a tiring task that I would feel guilty I'd feel like I don't deserve to go or I would feel like uh, I would get rejected and rejection was very big for me like to deal with so I felt like I didn't want to go through that so if possible I would never go out you know even though I really wanted to it just felt like it's so much work there were a few times I did ask and the, the rejection was so big and you know you don't get comfort back you just say you get no and maybe a lecture with it and that's it and a lecture is not comforting. It's just making you feel bad. So you get discouraged about asking these kind of things. So maybe because I am one of the more sensitive people in my family, maybe that's why I didn't have the courage to ask more. Maybe I would have gotten more freedoms. I don't know. But uh, this is how I felt. I mean, I, I, yeah, I feel you because I did the same thing. And even till this day, like, because since now I have to live back with my parents because of this whole COVID garbage, I even like I do the same thing. Like, even when my friends ask me uh, to go somewhere, the whole traumatizing incidents that come to my mind that <laughs> that I had to go through just to ask them to go out, probably like somewhere nearby, even though I'm 23, mind you, is just too much work like it's emotionally exhausting it's physically exhausting it's yeah. draining that you just feel like oh, whatever I might as well just stay in and yeah, exactly. to be honest we're like more people like we're the type of people who would who naturally stay in as well right it's not yeah like, exactly we don't go out so often even when we did have like even when we, like when I did have the freedom like I I probably went out like for like one month straight and then after that I got tired and I just stayed at home for the rest of the time yeah, <laughs> it's not that's the thing it's not like we're, we're crazy people who do crazy things or anything we're naturally like homebound people so whether that was like uh, influenced by our parents or just our personalities itself but I feel like it's I don't know it was just so exhausting to even ask them to go do basic things where even like we had like a few friends most of our friends were like that except for some of them who were more like you know free to even walk on the streets and stuff and even yeah. though we came from a place that is very uh, safe you know it's not like someone's gonna kidnap oh. you down the street or something yeah. one of the safest in the, in the world like it's ranked really high you know 
Yeah, and it's it's super safe. Like even if you and everything is close by, you know, we all lived close by each other. Like we can just, uh, it's like a five minute ride to each other's places, and they yeah. made it seem like such a chore to even drive us somewhere. Yeah, I swear, if it wasn't five minutes within, like it is, uh, it was especially for my mom. Like if it, if it wasn't with five minute drive away, it's it's a chore, and I'm just I that kind of feeling on a child you 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 carry the burden of like wanting to make your mom happy right so you feel that burden that oh i don't want to put that on her you know and because of that you have to you have to suppress a lot of your wants and something as basic as i just want to go to my friend's house you know yeah and it's not like I mean, we were like a bunch of like 15 year olds and the place that we come from is not like all those crazy uh, kids, you know, who drink and smoke and stuff like that. We were like, Rachel, we would probably just get together, watch a movie, eat food. And that's the most we would do. Sing to yeah. sing karaoke or do some stupid shit like that. And that's the extent mm-hmm. that we would go to. And even that was like a whole process for like a five minute ride. We had to explain yes. the history of the parents, like if it's a new person. And even if it's an old person, we have to give like detailed analysis of why we need to go out and what is the purpose and everything basically. And usually it was more acceptable if it was a birthday party rather than like, you know, just hanging out or something. That was never in the dictionary. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, my, I think my mom was just more chill with, hanging like me hanging out at your place just one-to-one because she you know because we knew each other for a very long time and like, mm-hmm. well, like nine years now but it's just that <laughs> <laughs> like since we knew each other since like for a very long time she was chill with me going to your place and that was also because your mom was very strict so she, my mom got inspired by that <laughs> like I'm so sorry like as if she needed more inspiration to be strict. Like oh yeah, I remember you, you. You told me later on. Your parents were like, "Oh look, look! Oh, she's dressing well. She's so modest. You should follow her." Yeah, it's like I'm like, why? Like oh, like as if like I'm dressing so haram. You know, like I was literally dressed in a potato sack for most of my life. <laughs> God forbid, and it was like 3% of my curves, you know, the world's gonna end. <laughs> you know, right? It's so funny because, like, you you think I'll the way I'm living is strict, that I'm only allowed to go to uh, my friend's house um, only if it's a wedding, if it's a birthday party, uh, or like a gathering in general, like there's multiple people. For some reason, that was so weird. Uh, like, my mom really felt like it's not appropriate to go to someone's house. I don't know why. Even though I can go to my auntie's house, but not the friend's house. So, um, but it's funny that you think I, I'm living so strictly, but my sister, who is the oldest child in our family, she had it much worse. She couldn't go to birthday parties at all. Like, at all. God bless she just, yeah. So she's always telling me, like, I have it better. And yes, I do. But it's still not acceptable. <laughs> I'm still stunted, you know? And she turned out so socially, like a social butterfly. She's uh, compared to me, she's a social butterfly. And I'm like, you know, struggling to have a basic eye contact, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Do the, the contrast, though. I mean, I, I never understood your parents' logic because 
you they they put you in this box basically like they put you in this box till you're like you go off to college and then once you're off to college then you can do whatever you want like they send you up to like countries and stuff and that's okay you live on your own which doesn't make sense because obviously any anything that you put in a box so much would want to do the most craziest shit you know and that's like a natural human response like mm-hmm. like my my parents they don't even they went to as far as moving to the place where my university was and made me stay with them and that's a whole another level of crazy but then yours were like they are okay with you going off and like it doesn't make sense like if they put you in a box for so long that you just end up you're going to end up becoming more crazier right isn't that how the world yeah. works oh definitely i i think is that i i think from there point of view they saw that um now i'm old enough to discern the difference between something stupid and unacceptable and something okay so um yeah they're giving me freedom but they're giving it to me with with the trust that i will follow their principles you know which is a no- very noble thing but in the functional side is like i'm struggling to even just do basic stuff like okay obviously i know how to go to the grocery store i know how to you know get my food and cook like okay okay that i can learn you know and i mean learn how to cook not how to go to the grocery store um but other <laughs> i know right but other things like how to interact how to handle more adult situation not even adult some things that kids learn that i did not get to learn because i was inside all the time you know how to uh, pace yourself when going out you know this kind of things you experience how when you carry get out of the oh yeah definitely i mean like i had friends but you know just how to make new friends that are not given to you you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you you meet because our friends we met them when we were really young so we it's kind of easier to make friends with and you, we had the same friends until we graduated it's just like 6 years you know so you uh, like these kind of things i didn't i was not ready for them you know but luckily i did okay but still you know like it's a struggle <laughs> <laughs> it still phases me how we made those friends to be honest because we were so awkward when we even moved like we moved school to get we moved to schools together which was like yeah. a totally like uh, uh like it's Un- planned unplanned thing like we were first in this very shitty school and then we moved to another school i can i feel like making friends as a kid is always easier because you don't really think too much into it and then now oh, yeah. now like even in university like it took me quite some time to make some friends because i wouldn't go and i have a naturally resting bitch face too which doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm i'm a pretty nice person like if people come and talk to me but then it will take me quite some time to like actually show myself you know oh yeah open up that's the same for you too oh yeah definitely sometimes i feel like i have it worse than you <laughs> because i'm not sure how but i agree with you like i don't know i i feel like when i do show my real self it's probably just a like a embarrassed reaction or i say something really stupid because like i can't control my mouth sometimes you know <laughs> like i just embarrass myself basically <laughs> i just want to say like um thank you so much for for like waking up early which i know is very tough for the both of us <laughs> thank you so much it's okay i i had a really good time so thank you for inviting me <laughs> do thanks so much for being the first africast and listen more from Ivory you can follow her on where please oh yeah on twitter it's uh, ivory on 
underscore and also Instagram, ivory uh, and a dot before the last letter. And that is the end to the very first podcast. And if you would like to hear more, make sure to give a rating on whatever platform that you're listening to. And uh, tune in next Wednesday for more topics. And if you have a specific topic in mind that you would like to listen to, then you can send me a DM on at Screw the Stigma podcast on Instagram and I'll be looking at them. Thank you so much, guys, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.